All right, Inappropriate Earl is uh, back uh, during this quarantine uh, season. Uh, we're just cranking the episodes out. Uh, last week I did a solo episode I think you guys liked. Uh, and then uh, we did uh, Kate Kennedy, porn star and comic. Uh, so it was interesting uh, how similar the two worlds are. Uh, and then we've done a few episodes with uh, Chandler Barbie, who's... Uh, show she wrote and produced on holy moly uh is out uh tonight in two hours it makes its debut on abc with rob riggle for season two the debut and uh, now we have a six-time returning guest might be the record breaker i know jordan uh uh, Lee has been on a lot, and uh, Carlos Herrera a couple times, but I don't think anyone's been on six times. Please welcome uh, Facebook's favorite son, Mr. Casey Moran. Earl, thanks for having me on, man. This is, uh, you know, I it def- six times might be a record, but I mean, I don't know if you were to count Chandler, then she would because she's been co-hosting and doing a great job. By the way, I really like your guys. Not, I wouldn't say banter, but just the chemistry, uh, not, you know, on mic. And I think that would probably translate into a, a great relationship. And it's, it, it's, it's nice to have, I love solo episodes, by the way, at when you mix them in, when you sprinkle them in, when you have good guests. And I listened to the one with Kate Kennedy. I've listened to all the ones with Chandler. Thank you. It's great, man. It's, uh, it helps me during this time with when, when you're going through things during quarantine to listen to content that's original and fresh and I learned more about you through your solo episode and, and a couple episodes you did before that I didn't know about you. So that was really cool to to hear and listen. I didn't know, and at this whole time, uh, being a diehard Angels fan myself, I didn't know you were an Angels fan. We just never have talked baseball. Um, and so that was interesting to learn. Well, I was more... Uh, I mean, my dad grew up... Uh, uh, oh, I grew up with my dad when he was best friends with the Cincinnati Red Zone, or I want to say Happy Williams. It was something Williams. Uh, and this is before Marge shot on the team. Uh, so I grew up a Reds fan when I was like a kid. And then uh, I think I started following the Angels when Dave Parker, who, uh, of course, was a Cincinnati Red in the mid-'90s, more famous for uh, his Pittsburgh Pirate era. Uh, and then I started following the Angels when he got on the Angels. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then uh, I liked like Troy Percival. Sure. Troy Percival is great. And he'd come out to uh, a, ro- a rock band. He'd, he'd run out to a rock band. He, he went to UC Riverside and he was coaching over there, if, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, my dad uh, kind of raised me an Angels fan. I remember watching, we'd watch Dodger highlights and, and Vin Scully was when I was going to be a sportscaster, you know, when he had his Kirk Gibson call, I was like, who's that guy? And I wanted to do that job. But when it came to, Watching a team, Angels baseball, California Angels, you know, um, watching that. I went from California Angels to Anaheim Angels to Los Angeles Angels to Anaheim, and that's a lot to handle. You know, they did it to um, kind of attract Hispanic fans, uh, saying Los Angeles Angels Anaheim. I'm not a fan of it, but, uh, you know, not being – and I worked for Angels Radio for four years, so I got, to, I got to do a lot behind the scenes, and I got to go to a lot of games, and that was great. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they've been kind of shitty the last couple seasons. And with Mike Trout, the best player maybe ever, it's, it's really frustrating that they can't get to the playoffs. Yeah, they're just wasting that guy's uh, career. Like, and he's I mean, here he's, yeah. for life, you know. Like, he's not going anywhere. Oh, no, no. They signed, yeah, they signed him for a long time. It's so weird. I mean, have you, uh, 
you probably I think you did talk about it, but you, you have you watched The Last Dance? Did you watch that? I did. Yeah. Uh, What'd you think? I watched every episode, so I you know I watched them that night. You yeah, know, I did too. Uh, it was like Sons Sunday of Nights. Anarchy. Yeah. Oh, I would, yeah. I would watch like I was so into the show. I would watch Sons of Anarchy like live. Like it was old school. Like but, it, you know, I remember watching Friends yeah. and stuff at Thursday nights. And then now you have recording. It's so easy that you can. Yeah. But you I can yeah watch binge like watch or whatever. Three yeah. or four days later, I yeah. watched the Last Dance Sunday nights. Yeah, uh, it was great. Uh, you know, I, I thought, uh, I don't like documentaries when the person who the documentary is about has such a heavy hand in the, uh, producing part of the, it. Yeah. The producing the way it's shaped. Yeah. I mean, basically everyone was an asshole, but Michael Jordan. Well, he said, and other people said like he was a bully at practice, but it was, but they always swung it back to, Oh, but it was because he was trying to make us better. He was trying to get us to work as a team. And I'll tell you this, it, the Tiger King thing was big um, because it came at, at a time of quarantine. And I think the same thing with Last Dance. Not to say it wasn't, a, it wasn't a great sports documentary. It was the best one I've ever seen. And it was done well with the guy that did the Andre the Giant. Um, he was the director, uh, Jason Hare. He also did the Andre the Giant uh, documentary. And he was great. And I think Bill Simmons had a big, you know, he, he was always talking about doing it. This was on the shelf for 20 years. And Michael Jordan, I think in 2017 or 18 said, he'll finally, he'll do it. But it came at the time of quarantine and nobody could watch sports and we all miss live sports. And so to have something we're looking forward to the same day every week, and it's two episodes, it was riveting. I knew all the stuff on Dennis Rodman. That wasn't new to me, but hearing the stuff about Jerry Krause, I forgot, you know, I was a kid and I, you know, played sports at that time. And, and Michael Jordan was always, everybody in every sport was wearing number 23. And I remember that. And I learned a lot that I didn't know. I didn't know Jerry Krause was a Chicago White Sox scout and he became a general manager. I learned a lot. Pippen, um, you know, but Horace Grant is saying 90% of it was, was fake. So it's like, you know, there's going to always be somebody that, that says, and there's the guy that said, uh, his pizza place that gave the, the the sick pizza to to Jordan who got food poisoning on that game against the Jazz said that there was only two employees and, he, and he, there wasn't anything wrong with the pizza and Jordan spit on it. I don't know. It's a whole thing. But we didn't even know who that guy was. I don't know how he, why he would want to come out and say it. Nobody even knew. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just wish it would have been a little more impartial. Uh, right. You know, like they skipped over the gambling thing pretty fast. Oh, they did. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And his dad dying and, you know. And well, that's horrible. They, I mean, they, they did talk about that, but they, they skipped over the fact that the gambling thing, they, you know, he, he said, oh, yeah, I had an interview with Ahmad Rashad and he said, I'm just a competition, uh, you know. I'm addicted, oh, I, I'm addicted to competition, which I, I would would say he is. But him, I mean, he is, obviously, because he would have to compete with the security guards and stuff on simple games. It was really – it was intriguing to see what life was like before social media. I think that was kind of cool to to go back into what it was like before MySpace, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all this stuff. And f without phones with cameras on it, when they used to have pay phones, to have something in the 90s be aired now just to see how different the world is, especially now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just like speaking of Dave Parker, they did uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy. Uh, he did a great documentary on Dave Parker. It wasn't a 30 for 30, but it was on, I think, the MLB network. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it was called The Rise and Fall of the Cobra or something uh, of that uh, nature 
And it showed the good and bad of Parker. It showed him being great. Showed him went into his cocaine problems, which they right. showed might be the uh, possible reason of his physical state now, which is really sad. I mean, right. like for such a guy who was such a giant of a man, he's now like just withered away and can barely get up, and I think needs help doing basic, you know, duties of life. Uh, and I really enjoyed it because you got the good and the bad. With with the last dance, it was just, you know, there's a reason Michael Jordan left the NBA in the prime of his career for a year and a half to play fucking baseball. Right. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, I and the fact that they had, they had the they had David Stern saying no, that had nothing to do with it, and it was like maybe it didn't. Maybe it didn't. Maybe we don't know because David Stern died, and and they had some interviews with them on there. But the other thing is too is, uh, you know. What I liked about 30 for 30s on, you know, when they would talk about the Fab Five or they talked about these things, they interviewed people that weren't for, it wasn't, like you said, it it was more partial in in part. It was just a little more consistent and a little more like two-way street. Like, let's let's get a little of people that agreed with this or or were there for it or were fans of it, and then let's get people that were against it. Yeah. Um, and they had Horace Grant, but, I mean, th- there was a couple other people that just they didn't interview, and it was like, why didn't we get to see more, you know, Luke Longley and other people that, that – the Steve Kerr stuff, I think, was, was really well done. Um, seemed to, a little forced, though. At the end, talking about his dad, yeah, it was a, it was a lot. Um, seemed like like him and Horace Grant were under orders to, like, uh, hey, make Michael look as good as you can and yeah. don't say anything too bad. Well, because Michael had to sign off on it, so he had the rights to it, or the team did, but he still, I mean, he had to have the rights to it to, or he did, to go, okay, yeah, we can do this, because it was shelved for so long, um, the footage. And I don't, who knows how much they paid him. I'm sure it was a, a lot of money. And of course, um, Jerry Krause is dead. So yeah, yeah, you can't, can't can't talk to him about things. And I would like to know because I mean, he probably is one of the best general managers of all time. Like some of those those moves he made were incredible. But he made it about himself, and you know. But anyways, I, I just to see anything sports related at this time is was really beneficial. And I think it, it, the reason it did as well as it did is because it it aired at the perfect time. You know, oh, Tiger, Tiger King too. You know, I think. But uh, I just like there's a documentary series on Vice. Uh, and a lot of people don't get Vice. Like, I have DirecTV, and I think it's Channel 271. I don't know what it would be on. Do you have cable? Time I do. One? I do. I have an ATD universe. So I don't know what, uh, if Vice is on. Like, yeah, Vi- Vice, yeah, we have Vice for sure. Uh, they have a series on. It's It's been two year, two seasons. of. It's called Dark Side of the Ring. Okay. And it's about pro wrestling, and each week is a different episode, and like, Last week, uh, or this week, it was the Owen Hart episode. Oh, wow. And, you know, they showed the good and the bad. And then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they had one on uh, Gino Hernandez, who was okay. like, um, you know, in the 80s, there was an organization called WCCW, World Class oh. Championship Wrestling. And I he didn't was know like that. their star. Wow. Uh, and But he, he died of drugs, and it was a very... Uh, you know, sad ending, but they showed the good and the bad, yeah. you know, and like the Ric Flair 30 for 30. That uh, was incredible. But that, you know, I like that cause it was the good and the bad. Yeah. I mean, he, he was very honest about cheating and, and things that well, he had to be, like, I know a hundred percent, man. But I think if, if you're doing a documentary on somebody that is a character, you know, you can swing it a certain way and be, I mean, listen, I think 
as much as I, I, I the Dennis Rodman stuff was interesting, I think they were the most boring episodes of it because everybody kind of knew that stuff. Like, but those, I kind of forgot though that I'm a big wrestling guy. That he oh, that's right. He left the practice to be uh, on the Monday Night uh, Nitro uh, championship episode. practice too. It wasn't uh, just like a regular practice. It wasn't a regular season practice. It was <laughs> championship. Uh, series uh yeah and then and then carl malone did something with i forgot about that too carl malone was in maybe the last great um wrestling uh scenario uh for wcw it was 98 in the georgia dome packed i mean it was packed. you've never seen a crowd so hot uh when hulk hogan dropped the belt to uh goldberg Oh wow! He passed the torch to Goldberg. Yeah, and it was a sixty, seventy thousand Georgia Dome, whatever that seats. Whoa! And uh, Mr. Perfect, who's of course dead now, he went to interfere in the match uh, on Hulk Hogan's behalf, and <laughs> then right behind Mr. Perfect, he didn't see them. Uh, of course, he knew they were coming. Were Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone. Oh wow! And Carl Malone gave uh, Mr. Perfect right before he was about to fuck with Goldberg. He gave him the diamond cutter. Oh whoa! And you've never heard a crowd blow up like. <laughs> I mean, Carl Malone's like obviously very fit. Same thing with Rodman. They yeah. both would have been great wrestlers. Uh, yeah, that's true. But uh, you know, I think every athlete wants to be a wrestler. Yeah, uh, like of Carl Malone's. Yeah, I stature. mean. Rodman's an interesting guy. I uh, my personal trainer was telling me a story that him and his wife went out to Newport Beach, um, and they were at like a, some cigar bar place, and um, they went in to to go there, and they saw Dennis Rodman outside. And my personal trainer was like, "Oh, you know, uh, his wife is significantly younger and doesn't know who Dennis Rodman is." And so, who is that? And she and he goes, "You don't know that." Can you go ask for a picture? It was on her birthday or something, like to get a picture of them together. And Dennis Rodman said, "How much? How much money?" And she and he goes, "What?" Like, and then he found out that he got kicked out of the cigar bar place because he wanted it open later or something like that. Um, and, and then I've heard stories. My my brother and sister in law hung out with him in Vegas, and he just showed up at the um, at the the poker table, but not it was the uh, like internet poker table. Uh, forgot what that's called video poker table okay uh and he had like a bag full of money <laughs> and um my sister-in-law said you know they have debit cards right like you don't need to be carrying all that it was right around the same time he got inducted in the hall of fame but i mean listen all that stuff was interesting they did they did a pretty good job but i think you're right i think it could have been they could have showed a little more of the truth um especially with Jordan. And I think Jordan came out looking good and he said, I think people are going to think I'm a, an asshole, but it's like it did. You did get to see the message, which was the, the best players are the ones that they'll do anything to win anything. Yeah. And, and, and I, and you, you get to see that. And I forgot about a lot of stuff. I forgot how great of a coach Phil Jackson. I knew him as a Lakers coach, but as a, I didn't know too much of him, I didn't know that he was an assistant coach and, 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 and Tex Winter was – I didn't know that. And so that was really interesting for sure. Yeah, people kind of forget Doug Collins was yeah. Jordan's first NBA And then coach. he was his, his last NBA coach because he was the Wizards coach too, Doug <laughs> well, Collins. Yeah, I mean they didn't even go into the Wizards. No, I like, thought I that would have been good, right? Why didn't they a, do that? Because well, at the end of it, they could have said Jordan came out of retirement again and it was all right. I mean, I mean, it was not good. Uh, but I like know, that, but why it, wouldn't you talk about that? I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it happened. Uh, right. 
So, I mean, it, yeah. it was I'm just, fascinating. It was good to see sports stuff. Hey, I, I, looking at your bra, uh, your Mike Knuckles, I saw them on uh, that Geico commercial with, with Rat. Yes, uh, as you know, my only sponsor uh, in of the Inappropriate Old Podcast right now is Stephen Piercy from Rat. And uh, they are the new stars of Geico commercials. <laughs> uh, they... Uh, filmed the Geico commercial and it's out. It's on every fucking ten minutes. Yeah, uh, which is good. Uh, the original bass player in Rat is in the video or in the uh, commercial. One, the bouncing beaner crochet, <laughs> and uh, the other two guys are newer. Uh, but uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of weird to see an, uh, a podcast alumni. Uh, like when I see the commercials for Ben Bailey's Cash Cab, I'm like, he was on Inappropriate Earl. That's right. So my, my people work. And, uh, of course, you see many Roast Battle alumni, uh, you know, doing various things on television. And uh, That's right. So we just keep it going and, uh, you know, trying to make the podcast better. Uh, you know, Rogan's number one, but number two doesn't suck either. So <laughs> That's uh, right. Uh, you know, it's but there's a lot of podcasts out there. So let me ask you this: um, I've I've been wondering this because you've you've had a bunch of people that said they would do the podcast if you didn't live as far or whatever it was. Have you ever thought about just bringing a Zoom recorder and interviewing or someone, or you just like having all the stuff here? Like, well, how does that work with you? Because I feel like you could get even better guests, and you've got great ones, by the way. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I yeah. lose on some big. Uh, uh, I mean, I the only mobile episode I've ever done was Rob Schneider when uh, Robin Williams died, and they uh, Rob was pretty uh, devastated, and he just called me up and said, "Bring your thing and, and let's talk." I'm like, "Ah, dude, I don't really know, if, I don't know how to do it to be honest with you." He's like, "Fuck it, we'll figure it out." Yeah, uh, and I remember that episode; it was good. It was good. I, I mean, uh, if it happened here, it would have been probably the best episode ever because Rob was crying, and right? Speaking from the heart, and uh, you know, obviously he's a big celebrity. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm not very technologically savvy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not. It's it's literally just plugging in mics in that. But I think with this, this setup is great, and hopefully, when you get your new setup, it, it will attract more people. And the thing is, I, I was listening to your solo episode, and you were talking about. I didn't know all that about. Um, the 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 charts and the whole algorithm and that's a killer and, and and how you were you were you know they flagged you because of I did know that a little bit because of the song but then you proved that you didn't do anything wrong and and that's the thing is it is based on charts and you were you started in in uh, Canada and Australia getting more oh my god I, I, you know, I heard you talking about that and I know you just recapped that but I thought that was really interesting because. Mark Norman, Joe List have Tuesdays with Stories, and a lot of their fans come from the podcast, and and a lot of, you know, uh, my uh, making a murder or no, excuse me, my favorite murder. That oh, podcast is great. Kill they it. kill it. Like my my friend was really big into um, that, uh, you know, podcast, and they they do great on live episodes and stuff like that. But they were just they 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 were met at a party and not that long ago and started the podcast in like 2016. And you've been doing it for longer and yeah. you've been hustling and you have the the podcast art and you've you know you've interviewed so many different people, athletes, comics, 
uh, actors, musicians, I mean, a little of everything. And I thought, I think that you had that run, you talked about that run recently about when you had Jeff Ross and you had uh, maybe Ben Bailey and you had, Brody. you had Brody, you had Barry Katz, you had all these people back to back to back to back and like big listens, I would imagine. Yeah, they're um, pretty big. Uh, I think in that, in that Chris Frangiola. That's and, right. Uh, What's your biggest listened to episode of all time? Is it Tommy the, Morris still? No, I think it's Rowdy Roddy Piper. Okay. Uh, I think that has like on SoundCloud, it's got like, I think t- close to 20,000 listens, which I've been told, uh, you know, Apple doesn't really tell you how many downloads you get. Uh, but I've been told if you, you times what you get on SoundCloud by four or five. Oh, okay. Uh, so like 100,000 listens. Yeah. I don't know if that's accurate, but yeah. I mean, to put that it makes into, sense. To put it into perspective, Rogan gets like a million listens an Easily, episode. yeah. So Just on like his YouTube stuff, he gets a ton. A hundred thousand listens. It's yeah. a lot for me. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, that that is a lot for... You always say like you're the, the little podcast that could. And, and I, I, I feel like you put out great content. And right now, going through this time, I think what I'm learning through... Because, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast. I have about my depression is I think people are starting that didn't have depression and then didn't believe that it was a thing are starting to realize that, you know, it is an actual, it is a thing and they're they're understanding what it's like right now. Oh yeah. I mean, that's why I bought the elliptical, uh, the Instagram live feed can see it, but uh, I bought this elliptical over here because I, even though, uh, I was going on like seven to 10 mile walks a day or whatever, uh, I still I needed to work out on a machine, do something that I've done at the gym. Yeah, and I was getting depressed, like, you know, whether it's body dysmorphia or just, you know, uh, the mental fatigue of not being able to work out. It, so I got this, and I do it. I'm going to do it after you leave. And, right. Uh, uh, of course, it's thrown off my sleep patterns because, like last night, I did it at two in the morning. Then you're all buzzed up for the endorphins, so yeah. you go to sleep till like five. Right. Uh, so, uh, I mean, does that throw you off with not having you? You did a lot of late night sets at the comedy store. Is is that throw off your schedule of not being out doing? What do you miss most about comedy? Doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because um, I think I was hitting a nice stride, and uh, you know, like the last show I did, I think it was like the the night before the official quarantine kicked in was a Tuesday night at the store. So you had the roast battle crowd and you had the main room sold out and the OR was sold out. And I had uh, about five or six of the Ontario rain hockey team there. I saw that uh, picture. One of them looks like Jeremiah Watkins. Yeah. That's Matt Luff. He'll okay. be on the Kings next year. Most likely. Nice. Uh, and then uh, Boko Imama, who is one of my favorite uh, hockey players. He's like a tough guy. What a great name. Oh, it's great. And he's really good. Like, uh, you know, he had like 40 goals this last year in junior. So he's, he's more than just a fighter. Right. Uh, he was involved in an incident, uh, an unfortunate incident this uh, season when an Edmonton Oiler prospect uh, called him a racial, uh, a dirty word on the ice. And... Uh, you know, to the guy's credit, they fought the next game because I think the guy felt pretty bad, and then Boko kicked his ass. <laughs> so, uh, I love and then that. Uh, Sean Dersey uh, was also there, and he, he'll most likely be in the Kings next year. Uh, so, the you know, I had that crowd there. I mean, that's the you know young athletes. These kids, they're kids. They're in their early twenties. 
And then there uh, across the room was this sorority, like six hot sorority girls. So wow. I was like, this is my fan base. Like, yeah. For whatever reason, I do well with young kids. It makes uh, sense, though. I mean, you uh, you do have jokes that fit your age group in terms of like music and stuff, but you also have jokes that um, can relate to to hockey or your crowd works great with with anyone. And I think part of it was roast battle because. You know, you did great as a battler, but I think not people, good enough. No, but people not to get on seasons two and three. <laughs> well, nice way to treat uh, me, but I'm just kidding. Well, people forget though the you know being the hater or the house racist in the beginning, but house hater is is something that you have to be constantly quick. And I think I, I could be wrong here, but I think that really helped your stand up. Absolutely, of, of being you know kind of just like a machine gun of just quick quickness and 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 using it for crowd work i thought that was great well you had to uh you know when the show was in its prime uh when do you think that was the when i was on it <laughs> i don't acknowledge what the hell happened after i left it's like when ace left kiss there, there's like it was just there uh <laughs> But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's like still going into a yeah. degree. I mean, show's I don't know. still going. They're doing like uh, <laughs> they were doing like Zoom. Don't get ones. me started on the Zoom roast battles. I yeah, mean, how no, the I, hell are you on the TV show and now you're reduced to doing a Zoom battle in the Speedweed Studio? Like, yeah. uh, oh, I didn't even know that's where it was from. I just saw something for it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Like. Uh, well, not really. I'm not kidding, to be honest with you. Uh, it, I mean, I don't know how Roast Battle will come back. You know, people talk about how will comedy be affected when this is all over. Like, you know, I don't think you'll be able to have shows in the belly room if you do social distancing. Uh, not know. the Roast Battle is such a show that was packed. I, you know, I'm on, I was uh, on an infamous uh, day of Roast Battle. I was, I was battling the Verzi triplets, the Valducci triplets. I remember. And uh, I did not do well, but I beat him. Yeah, but no one cares. No, nobody cares. Nobody remembers that battle. But that night was that that uh, that one comic. I think her name. I'll just say it. Jennifer Gable call. You know, uh, was gonna go up against Jasmine Lee and was late and had to call the uh, called the fire marshal. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that changed roast battle. Uh, I wouldn't say forever, but like for a while. But, but well, still to this day. I, well, you know, before the this pandemic, like you know, it was. Probably oversold most nights, uh, you know, which fed to the energy of the room, which made the show. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they had to be a little more restrictive in terms of where people could stand. And, you know, I would say the first two to two and a half years, it was like jammed in there. Like, oh, it was other level. I mean, and that's probably the thing. more than it should have been. But yeah. Like, but I mean, you know, it, it did. I remember my brother always telling me, you got to check out this show, Roast Battle. And I didn't go for the first year. And then I started seeing it. And it changed my life in, in a lot of good ways. It it gave me something to look forward to on Tuesday nights, just like your podcast does. It gives me something to, to wake up to. With depression, when you think suicide and you think not being in this world, you're always looking for something, especially now in this time, to wake up to to get, you know, to look forward to in the day. And for me right now, it's podcasts, yours being one of them. I've listened to so many of them. And the thing is, is it helps me smile. It gets my mind off of my own stuff and, um, roast battle too. And, you know, watching it on even Periscope, it really helped me, you know, get out of my own stuff to, to smile or laugh hopefully. And, uh, I do miss that about comedy shows. I was, I, I was performing a little bit, at the at before this, but I was producing more and I was I was putting on these big shows and 
Um, I love I love producing more than anything. I, I've, you've been on some of my shows, but thank you for that. Thank you. And uh, I always try to to get a good crowd there, and um, you know I always uh, like to take care of the comics. And and you were always so great to to the younger comics that that were there and um, wanted to say hi. And you've always been good to to people. And that's thing about I think it's a misconception about co- uh, you know comedians in general that they're they're all assholes like there's some really good people in it some of the best people I've ever met Zara Mizrahi Irish Jay Hollingsworth um the Verzi triplets all these people super good people and um you know f- funny but like really good-hearted people oh yeah I mean uh... Steve Simone oh, one of the Steve's best like in a class uh he's in his own class by himself in terms of people who are nice and all yeah. that uh you know i mean i think the great thing about roast battle was it was almost therapy for every battler uh you know we we've had uh, battlers who were hiv positive that's we've right had battlers who uh you know tried to commit suicide you know i think yeah. uh, i was one of them yeah i mean uh, i think tom goss yeah uh, you know, uh, used roast battle as almost a weird form of therapy. You know, Connor had issues. Yeah. You know, Keith had issues. Uh, we had rape victims. Uh, Every, I mean, but I that's mean, the thing is, it was it was therapeutic. I didn't even think of that necessarily. Is like, well, it was a weird way of therapy. Yeah, it but. is. But I mean, it, it was it was the last safe space for language and all these other things. That's what I th- I think was cool. Is like you hear words you can't hear now in everyday at the roast battle, but it was never done out of maliciousness. It was, it was for the battle. It was for the art of comedy. And, um, I, I missed that. I, you know, I, I miss putting on shows. I, I was putting on a benefit show for my friend that had a stroke and, and I had big comics. Drew Lynch was going to do it. All these big names were going to do it. Um, and you know, uh, Kira Saltanovich, Jeremiah Watkins, like big, pretty big names. And we're going to do it and all the money was going to go towards them to, to get a, a car or just for the family because, you know, and this was right before the, the pandemic. And then um, it kind of, uh, you know, it shit hit the fan. But here's what I've learned is, A, people are starting to understand uh, more about mental illness. Um, B, you know, I took a lot for granted um, when it whether it's going to a restaurant or going to the gym these things that I was just everyday life that I just thought were part of my routine, I took them for granted. Um, and my health, I think, too. Um, and it's been, I've been able to spend time with my parents and my dog. And I have learned a lot about myself during this time. I, I really have learned that I'm stronger than I thought. I went through a lot of personal stuff within this. You know, I went on, I had a breakup two weeks before this, and it, it, it was hard, and stuff happened after that. And it was, it killed me, but what, you know, I, if I, if I were to take my life now, there'd be no funeral, you know? Yeah, but you're not going to do No, that. I'm not going to do it, but what I'm saying is, like, you get in your head and go, well, like, uh, if, if you were to, to take, if, if you were to die during this, um, you never have to worry about or wonder about, uh, you know, who's going to be at my funeral because there's not people that can really go to them, which is a weird thing to think about. It's, it's very dark and and uh morbid if you will but um i did get in those thoughts to be honest i got i had to go to the hospital um for a wellness check my therapist said i should go get checked out um and then going to the hospital during this time man is other level and I, i went to a hospital that that was a good one um i went through the whole process 
and there was a security guard and the security guard was so talkative and Earl, when I'm like down, really down, I don't want to talk to anyone. Right. You know, I just don't. But you have to. You have to. No, 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 100%. But the security guard was like, oh, what kind of pen is that? Is that a gamer pen? And just keeps chirping away and I just didn't want to talk. And she told me, and I was there for like three hours, and I finally asked her, I said, hey, you know, are they going to see me? And she said, you know, you checked yourself in, so you can go at any time. And I was like, well, my therapist said she needs to hear from the doctor, and um, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Then the the physician assistant came out and said, oh, Mr. Moran, we're going to see you when we can. The crisis team needs to talk to you. And I said, when is that going to be? And they said, oh, we don't know. Um, they And then and the 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 security guard chimes in and goes, Oh, well you could just do like a zoom. Right. And you can, he could leave whenever. Right. I mean, and the guy's like, no, like the doctor wants to see him. So I was confused by the security guard thinking they were a doctor. And then I finally get in there. They do a, uh, a COVID test on me and they, they did like the long swab and and the guy gives me a a tissue and says, you're going to feel like you have to sneeze. And he goes to like swab me and put it up my nose. And I slapped his hand really hard because I, instantly was that was my first reaction and i was like i'm so sorry and then i thought about it later and i was like i'm glad it wasn't a woman like nurse because i could have you know i would that would have been really bad but he said a lot of people tie their hands behind their back or they have you know so that people don't because that's a normal reaction then he did it again they said they were only going to call me if i was uh positive which makes sense no news is good news if you go home and 4:50 in the morning the next day after being in the hospital for six and a half hours they told me that uh they called me at 4.50 in the morning, and that's not a time you should call anyone. And then they called my mom, who's my emergency contact, because I didn't answer, and my phone is mailbox is full. And they called her twice, and then I woke up at 7, and my mom was like, you need to call uh, the, the hospital. So I did. And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're negative. And I'm like, why would you call me at 4.50 in the morning to tell me I'm negative? I mean, I don't think hospitals uh, – this is such a – once in a lifetime event. I don't even think the professionals know what they're doing. Like, it's so unprecedented what's happening right now that uh, even they are like, uh, do we call? <laughs> like, it's it's yeah. really like it's it's you know it's it's like it was fresh. I was freaking out because my dad had sepsis and I thought maybe I have it and now I'm living in a house with someone. You know, and now I have to self quarantine even more. And I've been doing everything for the most part, the right way, hand sanitizer, masks at the store. Um, I've noticed out here, because I live in Simi Valley, they opened up businesses uh, today, restaurants and stuff, where they said you could in Ventura County. And I came out here, um, and everybody on the street is wearing masks. And that's not where I'm from. It's it's better in Ventura County, number-wise. But seeing it, it was just on walks, everybody was wearing a mask. It was... Uh, it's just different in L.A. It's it's a little more severe. Well, I think West Hollywood had, I don't know if it's uh, this way now, but like for a while we had the, the number one per capita uh, infection rate. Oh, wow. Because West Hollywood's only a 1.9 square mile city, and it's got like a lot of people. Like if you notice, even, you know, my building, literally the next building, it, I you can touch it on my balcony. Every building is five to 10 feet apart from each other. So the people are living on top of each other. Whoa. So if one person gets, gets it, you know, it can spread fairly easily in this. Yeah. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, we, we flatten the curve for the most part. And yeah, I think so. 
I think we're getting to that phase three or whatever it is. I mean, um, at some point, you got to like be like, all right, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it's still, I think there's, uh, like I said on my solo episode, this reminds me of uh, like when AIDS first came out. Right. Like, you know, when AIDS came out, not to bring the this episode to a de- even more depressing take. But Sorry like, about that. No, it's all good. Dude. Yeah. This is life. Life ain't all about roast battle right. and TV shows. Uh, Keep it real. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast uh, is I should change the name of it to the Keep It Real podcast. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when AIDS came out, it was labeled a gay disease because only uh, primarily gay men in bathhouses in New York and I think San Francisco were getting it. Uh, and then you know it spread because some bisexual guy slept with a gay guy who right. got infected. And so the bisexual guy is now infected. The bisexual guy sleeps with a straight woman. <laughs> she gets it. And then it's like, oh, my God, straight women can get it. And then that woman slept with a straight man. He gets it. And it's like, oh, my God, straight men can get it. How is this happening? Yeah. And I think that's what COVID is like. You know, when it first came out, the first couple weeks, it was only older people can get it. Yeah. Uh, And then I think, unfortunately, there was that one case of this. It was either six-day or six-week-old baby. You know, he, I think it was a boy. uh, He got it, and he died. And, oh, really young people can get it. And then, I, I mean, there were so many wacky... Reports, you know, I saw one report that said African American people, uh, it's very hard for them to get it, and then right. they started getting it, and then yeah, and then yeah, there was reports that that uh, certain cultures are not taking it serious enough, and it's like the thing is, is it it changes on a fly, right? So like they in the very beginning they said wear gloves, and then they said right after that don't wear gloves, and the people that are quote unquote experts are changing it every time, but they're never saying oh we were wrong, they're just saying oh this is what you have to do now. So you're you're doing all these things, and I stopped watching the news because it's just so depressing. Oh, I, so did I. So it's 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 and and you know it's it's just so depressing. And at the end of the day, you know we just got to do what we can do. Um, be smart about it. Don't be an idiot. And you said this on your podcast about like just stay hygienic. Like it's not that hard to do. Like it's not. And, and you know just wash your hands. Take showers. You know uh, use hand shower. use hand sanitizer. Um, don't be an idiot. Uh, that's what it kind of comes down to. And, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just uh, I'm very fortunate to be in the position I'm in. And my work, I was getting paid to not go in, actually. Um, and, and then we go back June 1st, which I'm happy to get back on a schedule. But I'm very fortunate to get paid our full wage to not go in for this long. Um, started, I think, Friday, March 13th um, is when it was the last day of, of that I remember working. Um but yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm working at my other job. I'm a counselor for teens with depression and addiction, and um, I work that a uh, couple days a week here and there, and it's rewarding um, work. And uh, you know, I, I did always want to be a sportscaster, and I did a lot of stuff. I worked at TMZ Sports. I worked for Angels Radio. I you know Fox Sports West internship. I did a lot of stuff, and uh, it was great. But depression hit me hard, and, and I want to help people with depression, and I want to help do something in in the mental health field. I'm looking at maybe going to school to be a pharmacy tech. I, I'm interested in medication, and um, I want to help people for sure. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, depression hits everyone. What Rich, poor, yeah. middle. I mean, look at Brody Stevens. Like, Super. I mean, that is. He's like the poster boy for, like, he he wouldn't be depressed. I mean, if you look at Brody, yeah. like. 
every, by every measure of comics measure success he had. He had famous friends. He was in huge movies. He was uh, TV shows. He yeah. was in comedy festivals. Podcasts. Po po six, I mean, like two or three different successful podcasts. Yeah. Uh, and one of the few comics in L.A. You know, in L.A., uh, most comics have one club in particular they do well at. And, and then the Brody others. could do them all. Right, yeah. I mean, like, I do very well at the comedy store because it's just it yeah. gets my sense of humor. Brody did Laugh Factory Improv. Yeah, Brody could kill at the store. Yeah. He could go the next He could go night, do... Uh, Laugh Factory. Bar Lubitsch. I yeah. saw him. I see, He could do a little of everything. And he was universally loved. And, and, and watching... I used to watch his show um, that was on HBO Go at one Enjoy point. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. It was so good. And it... And, my brother turned me on to it and it really captured that show captured what it's like to have depression. He talked about his mental breakdown where he went to the hospital and all this stuff. And that there's no show or movie that I've ever seen that captured it quite like that. Cause that was reality. You know, that was Brody talking about what happened and he didn't hold back. Um, but you wouldn't think he would be depressed. Like no, no, no. On paper, he on had paper, an amazing had life money. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, he still wasn't happy. No, and that's the thing is is in in Robin Williams, you know, he had depression, and it was one of those things that um, it was very, it's it's a chemical imbalance. Um, there is situational depression. There is, um, you know, there there is uh, seasonal depression. You know, there's bipolar depression. There's so many different forms of depression. I have major depressive disorder, but there's so many different forms of depression, and at the end of the day. Um, mental health and it is mental health awareness month um, it is something that and I didn't even know what we were going to talk about today I just wanted I don't to, either yeah yeah I, so that, usually we have some type of thing but just I hit I, record yeah mental mental uh, mental health awareness is such an important thing to um, I think awareness is one thing and I think the awareness is already there but we need to take action you know I always thought like okay well Especially now with what's going on, we really and, and my my doctor, the one I saw when I was when I told her I had suicidal ideations, she said, you know, the wellness team checked me out. I was good to go home. But she said, you know, you can always come back here. I've seen more people than I've ever seen that didn't have any diagnosis um, come and have suicidal ideations because of what's going on. And you hear a lot of stories about nurses that, that had COVID and other things that that took their life, unfortunately, and other people. Um, but her saying that was like, oh yeah, I mean, this is, this is a, it's not just a month, mental health awareness month. This is a, we're, we're aware of fact that this is a problem. We got to take action, you know? And, and I hope that there, that after this, that, that this, you know, that the, the ones in charge can take, can take action. And I don't get into politics, man. I don't know much about it, but I always look at mental health issues when I'm, when I'm voting. And, uh, I just hope that, that we as a society look at, and f and remember what this feels like, and we we make some more positive changes to um, helping those that are struggling. I mean, I don't vote because I think both sides are full of shit. But uh, that's another podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you listen to MSNBC. Trump's an idiot. You turn on Fox. Trump's great. You turn on yeah. CNN. You know, it's you know Trump's an idiot. You turn on Newsmax, which is like a lesser-known Fox yeah. News. It's Trump is great. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, or, I don't know. Or, you know, I Biden's don't know that stuff. Great. And, yeah, you know, it's uh, 
They're all full of shit. Yeah, that's exactly it. They just say what you, they think you want them to say to get elected, and then once they get elected, they turn their back uh, on the voters and right. You know, like look at Trump. I'm going to build the wall, and like he's built very little of it. Yeah, that was his whole campaign. Yeah, build the wall, the wall, the wall, the wall. I mean, he, he, you know, he's one of those guys that 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 just he. I, I personally, and this might get some backlash but i, I think who cares I, I think he has mental illness of, of some sort he I has think he does. yeah I, I i think he has it he wouldn't talk about having it i i, I remember when i was looking at a, you know well, i think he's a bully 100 percent. but i think there might be a either a personality um disorder there or there's bipolar there's something either i'm not a doctor i have it myself so i know what i have but there. There, there seems to be something there, and and listen, most people have something. That's what I know. Everyone has. Everyone some has form something of, yeah, uh, of something. Mental, yeah, uh, whether it's anxiety, whether it's, um, you know, it's there, there, there is something, um, you know, for that that everybody, you know, anyways, uh, people can relate. I don't know. I just, I just hope that we can make positive changes, and I know there's more homeless now, and I hope that there are some really great things in the news, though, in terms of people giving back the the comedy store thing did a great job of, of putting on that show and helping the ones that are that that are comics that 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 could really use it and people that work there that the staff that work so hard and, oh my god and, 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 and they they did a great job with that and there's there's other people that are giving back you know uh, magic johnson gave a lot of money a lot of people are giving back and doing what they can and and that means a lot. And I think there are some positive things you can take out of it. And um, well, you got to feel bad for the waitresses. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, most of the waitresses at the comedy store. I don't know about the Improv or Laugh Factory. Uh, you know, it's their only gig. Yeah. You know, they they're not. I know a few. One works at a law office in the daytime, but like most of them are essentially professional waitresses. Right. Uh, and uh, you know. You know the comedy store is the number one club in the probably the world, not just yeah. The I think it's better than the cellar in terms of because they could fit more people in. I mean, yeah, I don't think. Well, the it, cellar has cellar's the, nice, but well, the like, cellar has uh, it ain't the store. The the village underground and the the fat black pussy cat or something like that. They have three clubs, but um, and they also have the one in Vegas, I believe. I'm loyal to the stand. Yeah. Oh yeah, York. Patrick Milligan. But I, listen, I. The legend of Patrick Milligan. Can I say this? I've never say whatever met, you want. I've never met Patrick, but it's I would always, I'd always say, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, friends with Earl. Been on his podcast. Just want to say hi." But I know that you've said this on the podcast. That there's a lot of uh, Palmers out there that oh, use use your name to Patrick to to maybe get past or get some spots, which is just other level insanity. By like, the way, we have a celebrity in the. Uh, house right now the great nikki hustle the number uh, one elite rumble boxing trainer and you know me casey i don't laugh at very many people but no. uh nikki hustle is uh, he'll be back teaching uh, even a, a, someone like nikki like nikki is the top trainer at rumble boxing gym yeah uh, i don't get a sponsorship but uh, you know uh, nikki's amazing but you know uh, boxing gyms are pretty, uh, you know, people are sweating and right. you know, shit's flying everywhere. I, you know, uh, you know, it, it, I'm so, I, I want this pandemic to be over just so I can do comedy again. But has uh, Nikki Hustle been on the podcast? Uh, he will be because nice. uh, I want to get into fitness and 
I know Nikki trains people uh, outside of uh, the places he works. Uh, you know, like I've seen him a few times at West Hollywood Park. Right. But you can't even train in a park right now. I've been um, training at a park. In, well, it's Ventura County, but we're doing social distance. And it's different in Ventura County than, than L.A. County. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I love all the people that you attract to this podcast. Um, well, I try and uh, I, I model. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, I try and model it after Rogan's from the standpoint of you would think Joe would, you know, just have UFC fighters on. Yeah. And, and you know, he his jujitsu friends. But he has like a Paul Stanley from Kiss, uh, and then he'll have a scientist on the next day. Yeah. And, and Jordan then, Peterson. Or, yeah, yeah, he'll have uh, Jocko, the uh, you know that military guy. Yeah, I think he's right. like a Navy SEAL or something. He's had uh, Leah Remini. He's had so many different types. David Lee of, Roth. Yeah, like, I mean, and I like that because he talked about his radio days, which I think. Our, I mean, David Lee Ross radio days, he took over for Howard Stern and it was he just wasn't it was, very good. No, he was not. But he, and I'm a huge fan of David Lee Roth, but it was not. Did good. you did you hear him talk on Rogan, though, about that? Like he was he was so delusional that he, he that they did a good job. And I was like, oh, it's David Lee Roth. Yeah, I get it. I Although get it. I will say, and I look back down, I probably shouldn't have done it. The last thing I did before the quarantine was go see Kiss. Uh, Is that the one in Bakersfield? No, I was going to go to that one, but I think I went to the Kings game instead. And that was the King game where four Ottawa Senators got diagnosed with COVID. Whoa. Um, was it the one Burt Kreischer was at? And like, uh, probably. Yeah, because uh, I know he did something right before for the and Kings. And then uh, I went to see Kiss, uh, and David Lee Roth was the opener, and he's great. Uh, wow. But where I was, love how Where Rogan, did they play at? Uh, Dick Staples. Wow. My memory, this quarantine has fucked up my memory so bad. Yeah. I honestly don't remember if it was Staples or the form. Yeah. I'm almost positive it was Staples. Uh, but, you know, Joe has like, he doesn't just have on easy guests. Like, yeah. Work he doesn't out have people. just, yeah. He doesn't have just people that'll kiss his ass. He has actual conversations with very interesting people. Yeah, and I, you know. I think you do a great job of, of mixing it up, but I think at the end of the day, and, and I know that there was a time where you were thinking about maybe not doing the podcast anymore. It is a lot of work. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 you know, I know that you're working on maybe getting a podcast room and making it, uh, you know, more of a studio feel and all that stuff. And I, and I, I hope you stay with it, but at the end of the day, if you decided, you know, I'll always support. If you decided to move on, I'd always support that. Or because, I'm gonna still do it. Well, because at the end of the, because I said at the end of the day, eighty times on this, but I think I think what's great is that you help people with your podcast, and I yeah. think I think you know. Let me ask you this: You said um, that you're selling your hockey collection uh, jerseys, hockey jersey yeah, collection. It's, it's do you have a fa- do you have a favorite one that? Uh, I, I do. What's uh, one's that? It's the one I would. Co- of course, it's the one I would keep. Uh, I'm in several discussions right now for letting go of my hockey jersey collection. Uh, the time has come, but it, mm. it's a good thing because it will fund making uh, the podcast room uh, the outside of Rogan's, uh, the, the preeminent podcast <laughs> studio. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, if you're going to compete with the big boys, not that I'm competing with Rogan, but... Uh, you know, I want to be looked at as, oh, wow, Earl's podcast looks like Bert's. Or, yeah. or Theo's. Or Theo's, Tom Segura. Your mom's house, yeah, which uh, you were on. Actually. I was on, uh, I don't think I'm allowed to necessarily say what I talked about, uh, but that airs this Tuesday. All right. Uh, Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky, uh, a great husband and wife couple. Um, I was asked to talk about a particular subject, uh, 
and uh, but I want it to look like theirs. Uh, right. So uh, I mean, because I, I don't want to. People ask me all the time, why don't you have audio or video? Sorry, because uh, I don't want to turn my living room into like a studio with wires. And, yeah. But uh, once you get that set up, and it'll be like I think the numbers will help. And yeah, uh, you know, like I said, it's uh, it's been um, you know frustrating. You know, I I'm not. Obviously, I don't want Apple Podcasts as an enemy, but like they, you know, like I said in the solo episode, they they have not been a lot of help. You know, I, you know, I was in the top, I think twenty consistently for like a year and a half. You were top eight at one point. You were number one on. Comedy. I was number one for a Saturday. I don't know how that happened. Like uh, maybe mm -hmm. Joe's tech guy fucked up and didn't submit the podcast uh, mm. that week, uh, but. Uh, you know, it, you know, it, I, it was so big at one point that I was getting offers to tour Canada and Australia. I was number one in uh, in iTunes comedy uh, or Apple Podcast comedy. Yeah. This is when it was called iTunes comedy, uh, and I was having huge managers reach out to me. Hey, can we get our uh, client on? Who's your client? And it'd be like an A list comic. Oh, they want to do my podcast? Sure. Oh wow! Uh, and then. Uh, you know, uh, one day I'm number eight. The next day I'm off the charts. And they said, well, we have a music violation. And I'm like, but I own, I don't own the rights to the song, but my friend owns the rights. He yeah. owns the masters. It's his song. He wrote it. Uh, I, here's the letter of him giving me permission. Uh, and they're like, okay, well, we'll investigate. And so they investigated and they were like, okay, well, we found you did nothing wrong. And I'm like, okay, well, just put me back at number eight. And they're like, well, we don't manipulate the charts. I'm like, well, you kind of do. Cause yeah, because you, you took them off. You took me off. Yeah. And I know, uh, you know, Roast Battle, uh, when uh, Comedy Central took over the... Um, the rights to it or whatever. The, uh, the production of, yeah. of the show, that, like the next day they were on the new and noteworthy of uh, iTunes comedy. Yeah. And it's like... That's very hard to do. Like it, it's almost impossible to have a new podcast get there without a little bit of help. Right. So, uh, and yeah. I was happy for roast battle, but I was like, well, you do manipulate the charts because yeah. how do they get in? I have uh, at that time probably two hundred episodes. Yeah. You're telling me after one episode they're in that. Uh, and once again, I'm very yeah. happy for Moses and and Pat Barker who was the co-host. Yeah. Coach T. T, yeah, but it was like, well, wait a minute. By the way, my episode in that uh, uh, was the most downloaded episode that was for great. two days. They took <laughs> out the names I talked shit about, uh, you know, but uh, that's okay. I thought that was great. Um, I won't mention the names here, but let uh, me uh, let me ask you this: I love the Danish and O'Neill podcast, and I think you on that podcast is some of the most raw, hundred percent. Not that you're not. Earl on other ones because you're always yourself, but their banter with you is is just some of my favorite. And then they have, and then I think Danish's uh, daughter does an impression of you. There's a lot of the dogs that go to, they went to your shows, and um, they talked about the fans they, are out of control. They talked the about <laughs> Varvados. Uh, well, they, when that went on, they, they they were worried about your well being because because uh, of the bankruptcy, and they thought that you were going to fund it uh, to keep it going. I've listened to all that stuff. I wish I had the money people think I had. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, if those I did, guys are great though. They they I love I love when you're on that podcast. And, oh yeah, it's just good chemistry, uh, and uh, you know they're good guys, great comics, and 
you know, I, I've really enjoyed lately going on other people's podcasts because it's nice to not have the pressure of like being the one asking the questions. Right. Like I did one this morning, uh, coffee talk, uh, that was really fun. And, uh, I, I think I did like four other people's podcasts last week. Wow. Uh, and it's, it's a good way to get, you know, your name out there to other people's fan bases yeah. and, uh, get some more followers and all that stuff. Yeah. You, you kind of mooch off their followers and then, you know, they come on yours and they get your followers. And yeah. I mean, it's a very, you know, it's very similar to like, you know, when Rogan first started having like Duncan on. And yeah. Ari. Ari. Oh, watch out. Let's, let's, uh, I love, I mean, you know, Ari Shafir yeah. before he went rogue and, uh, you know, Hinchcliffe and Brendan Schaub, Schaub and, and Bert, Brian Callen, Bert. So, you know, yeah. People do Segura. Brian Callen's podcast and they get his fans and then they go yeah. on Schaub's podcast. I mean, go to Bert's podcast, Bert yeah. Bills. Yeah. You know, hopefully, you know, I did Joey Diaz podcast and that was great. That was uh, a great episode. Oh, thank you. Like, I love that. Joey's that, the best. And yeah. Then, you know, Lee Syatt. Great guy. I get Segura's fan base that now. Uh, yeah. After you know this upcoming episode, and uh, you know it's it's a very incestuous community, but it's right. like a dominoes. If you do one person's podcast, and then you know maybe someone else who's close with them asks you to do their podcast, yeah. and then um, I did have I know I'm interviewing you. I feel that's bad. all good, but that's uh, the whole point of this podcast. It's just to hit record, just have a conversation, hit it. Um, do you have a dream guest? I know I've asked you this before, but but you've had guests on since then and do you have guests like a jimmy carr or somebody that you'd really want on here oh you mean uh, the guy i beat and then he got his own show <laughs> that made a lot of sense yeah i mean how's the guy i beat end up with his own show i, I mean this business is driving me nuts <laughs> but i mean would you want is there i would love jimmy carr on. is there certain people that 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 you have you i know you've reached out to a lot of people we tried to get people from the movie side out on here there's yeah, uh, I mean, but is is there anybody that that you know you really hope to get on, whether it's soon or uh, I mean, at some I point? have like some guests I want for selfish reasons, like Peter Horton from Side Out. You know, he's been a working actor and producer for forty years. Um, th that's more selfish because I don't think he has a great social media presence. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and so the numbers, frankly, probably wouldn't be that great, uh, just because. But you want to ask him those questions for your yeah. Own, I yeah. mean, uh, his first acting role was in The White Shadow, which is a show uh, that's near and dear to me. Um, and then uh, you know, Kevin Hooks, uh, who's a very famous uh, producer, he he played Thorpe on The White Shadow. Okay. Uh, he has said he will do the podcast. Uh, which is great. Uh, of course, I think with the pandemic now, it's going to be a lot tougher to get people right. to want to come to your home. It's going to be. I get. Yeah. Uh, Patton Oswalt has said he would do the podcast. Oh, wow. Patton's so, great. Uh, I saw one day on Twitter, he followed me, and uh, I don't think we've ever met or crossed paths, and I just DM'd him thinking he'll never answer me back. You know, I'm used to that by now. And then, uh, he, yeah, I'll do your podcast as soon as this is over. And, wow. Uh, yeah, Jimmy he's Carr great. Would be great just because I think people think we dislike each other, which uh, <laughs> he's always very nice to me. Uh, uh, you know, um, and then, you know, I, I, obviously the Rogans and the Theos. Oh, my God. Bird. I wouldn't even ask Rogan. Yeah. Maybe, I'm assuming. I, I mean, he likes me enough where I think he, he probably would come on if he was just bored and 
you know, uh, but yeah. he's pretty busy. I want to see you on on Joe Rogan Experience. I think so. Sure but yeah. uh, you know that that comes. You know, if it comes, it comes. I know you would do the Ice House Chronicles. I think, didn't you? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I think with Joe, the quickest way I've been told to not do his podcast is to ask him, mm. which I get. Uh, oh yeah. So uh, I mean, and now I, I can't imagine uh, just the the Palmers and the Jackalopes uh, that DM him or text him. I'm happy for him though with the big news of Spotify. Well, he deserves it. I yeah, mean, he does deserve it. He's, he's been an innovator of of, and that's a lot of that goes to Red Band. Yeah, Red Band um, and you know, Jamie. Uh, you know. Yeah, Jamie and and who whoever books his guests. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really uh, he has uh, made the path that every podcaster wants. Right. Uh, so, uh, but you know, there's other guests like you know a Gene Simmons, uh, right. which would be pretty cool because I'm obviously a big Kiss fan. Uh, you know, I'd love to get uh, anyone from the Killers. Uh, you know, uh, Brandon Flowers, the singer. Somebody uh, from the Click Five. Click Five. I am in discussions with Ben Romans, who was the uh, quote-unquote brains of the Click Five. He was the keyboard player. Mm. He said he would come on. Nice. Um, and I uh, love that band. I mean, that one would be a, a mixture. Of, uh, he's actually very technologically. He's amazingly smart. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know how great his social media presence is. So, I yeah. don't, you know, it's all based on, you know, like I said, when when I was in the top of the charts, it was because I had, I think, six or seven straight guests from Jeff Ross to Brody to Frangiola to Guy Branham and a few others that they all had at least 200,000 followers. Wow. On Twitter, Instagram. As long as they help and, and get the word out, you know. But it's just unfortunate that you have to, like, when you're booking a guest, you have to go, kind of go, how many followers do you have? Yeah. Uh, you know, like Kate Kennedy, she has, like, 60,000 followers on Twitter. Was that a, a, a very high downloaded episode? I'm guessing I mean, for me, yes. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. Rogan, it, you know, he probably got the number of downloads that episode got, uh, you know, in 10 minutes of, of any one of his right. episodes. Uh, I'm a fan of Kate Kennedy now, though. I didn't even awesome. I didn't even know who she was. And then I looked at not just her uh, porn stuff, but I looked up, uh, you know, some comedy and she's well, I'm funny. I'm sure and, you looked at some of her porn Yeah, well, stuff. you know, I'm only human. I'm only human. That's a good killer song, Human. Yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, it, it, unfortunately, I'm at the point now, almost 300 episodes in, where you want to walk the line of people you want to talk to but you know like ben bailey uh, yeah. you know he he's got a very nice social media yeah cash cab cash cab and he's got a manager who's very with it and uh you know uh it, it sucks that you you kind of have to go well how many followers do they have yeah uh you know because a lot of my 80s metal bands that i like having on uh, you know, I won't mention the singer's name, but like he, he's someone I would love to have on. He literally has like 800 followers on Twitter. He just mm -hmm. doesn't care. Yeah. So the problem with that is is getting the numbers you know, out by 800 followers. Yeah. You got to figure maybe 80 will listen. Yeah. To those. And that would be. And that's 10 percent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's you know, they say uh, you know it's. Maybe one percent of your followers will listen. Right. Uh, so you know, if you have, like, you know, Jeff Ross had like close to a million followers or something. Uh, you know, that would have uh, got me. You know, 
maybe 40,000 of his fans listening, which is yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah. Same thing with like, you know, Guy Branham. You know, he had like 300,000 followers. So you figure maybe hopefully 30,000, 20,000. Well, listen, yeah. So when you have someone who has like fucking 800 followers, you, you, you'll be lucky if you get 50 listens. Yeah. Uh, so huh. it just sucks that, you know, like if Tyler, the creator came on, who obviously the jellies uh, in charge of the case, the boss man on the jellies, he has like 4 million, uh, followers on every, and if he, he did tweet out, but he didn't, uh, put the link, he but... tweeted out something. And that's another reason why I think why I was in the top, what, you know, 20 or whatever was he said, Hey, everyone listen to my dad's, the dad of my cartoons podcast, but he didn't say my name. I'm not complaining. But he didn't say my name or the name of the podcast. So, uh, you know, people are lazy when it comes to podcasts. It's so easy to Google it, though, Earl. Like, I don't. It is, but it's not because people are lazy. I guess. So, anyone who saw that tweet had to take the brain cell capacity and energy level to go, okay, who's the dad on this cartoon? So, they got to Google uh, the jellies. Earl Skakel. And then they got to look at, okay, who's Barry Jelly? Earl Skakel. And then they got to put Earl Skakel in Google. And then, oh, and a, okay, I'll follow him or I'll listen yeah. to him. I mean, it's a little bit of A little work. bit of uh, Hardy Boys. Uh, yeah, so, okay. uh, but that helped for sure. Yeah. But if he came on, I mean, that would be a dream guest just because he's so fucking nuts. Now, out of everybody that you have had on, who are, I know that I know the most downloaded episodes, but who are your favorite guests? Is there someone that, like, you didn't expect to be, and you don't have to say it, but, like, didn't expect to be great and they were, or... Um, just who are your your favorite episodes that you've had on and why? Um, let me see. I mean, probably my favorite episode ever was the first Tommy Morris episode. Um, Tommy's who, my fe- uh, friend on Facebook. I've, yeah, uh, I mean, we, we've buried the hatchet more or less. I mean, uh, <laughs> he was the t- old talent coordinator from the comedy store and, and uh, you know, he uh, got, let, let's just say, let go from his duties there for several reasons. <laughs> and, uh, no one really got his side of the story, so uh, I know that I, I believe someone told me that he reached out to Mark Marin, and uh, I think Marin said no. I, I don't know that to be true, yeah. uh, but like I said, well, if he wants to talk, I'll have him on. And uh, he came on, and it was just a fantastic uh, two and a half hour uh, episode of the. He was very honest the on there. Workings of a maniac. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's fantastic because of him. I, I did nothing other than yeah. I feel like questions. you only talked a little, but but you know, you let him talk, and he had a lot to say. And then he came on again. Did you not like that second one as much? Well, the second one was a little bit like Rocky too, where it was good but not quite as good because he kind of said a lot of the same things. But the the first one, I think, should be required listening to any comedy executive, right? Uh, like anyone from Comedy Central or Netflix should go okay. This is the type of person we're dealing with, and it should be required listening to any stand-up comic. Yeah. To once again get the um, how a talent coordinator uh, thinks, what they go through in their process of picking people, um, and then uh, I would say my second favorite episode, and it was a controversial episode, and I won't say what comics asked me to, but uh, the Barry Katz episode. Um, a lot of A-list comics, and I mean, top of the food chain comics, yeah. were like, you can't release that episode. I'm like, why not? Well, he ripped me off. He ripped my friend off. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he took advantage of our naivete in the business. 
and I'm like, I, I got to release it because it, it that really, was a good episode. Well, it was great for me because it was about my uh, feelings I have to this day, probably about roast battle and how I was treated on it. And he took the opposite view of uh, no Earl. Well, this is what Comedy Central was thinking because obviously he's worked with them. And he knows the executives knows and stuff. The, yeah. Uh, the other side of the camera's point yeah. of view, and, and obviously I was saying my thoughts on my side of the fence, uh, which I still, I don't, to this day, I don't take back one word I ever said about my treatment on the show, and Barry was like, well, Earl, you made them use you, and you know you basically forced their hand to use you, and I was like, well, uh, why did I have to force my way onto a show I helped build? Like, yeah. Uh, it should have never been in that position. And then he would say, well, this is why it was blah, blah, blah. And well, he has a podcast called the industry standard and he has, he's gone with back to forth with Jim Norton who had an issue with something in the business. And then he would take the opposite end. And I think it's good to hear. And I know a lot of comics that have said on podcast, you know, for years on Mark Maron's podcast and a bunch of other ones that Barry screwed him over. Dave Chappelle, didn't say this on a podcast, but people said things about when Dave's dad died that Barry uh, pushed him to work still and, and and he needed a break, whatever it was. There's a lot of things you hear, but he comes from a different side, like you said, the management side that I don't know anything about. And it's really interesting to hear his take. And I, while I understand that he screwed people over and they wouldn't want that podcast released, I'm glad you released it because I thought it was a really good episode. I mean, I had to because it was a therapy session for me, and uh, there's a good, probably good amount of listens too. Yeah, I, mean, I did pretty well, and then, uh, but it was just like he's such, you know, whether you like him or hate him for what he did or didn't do to people, you know, I wasn't there, so yeah. Uh, but you know, it he it was like uh, you know it's kind of like having a Republican and a Democrat argue about something. Yeah. And I don't think we were arguing, but no, I think you uh, were you were being honest. And I, I what I did like is hearing about the your uh, audition for that one night stand show. Yeah, I mean that that yeah, was his show, and yeah, uh, you know, so it was kind of fun to re- go, hey, remember when I bombed in front of you? And of course, Barry Katz remembers everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, that that's probably my. Who second. was the comic that was listening? Was it David Taylor? Was like that was there laughing in the at the end? It was, it was a packed main room, cameras, and I was like, at the time, this is when Last Comic Standing was really big. And Jay Moore like, created it with Barry Katz. Yeah, and even yeah. Jay got kind of like I forget he was displeased at toward the later uh, seasons of Last Comic Standing yeah. where he was kind of pushed out. He was no longer the host and he was he was just the created by credit. Yeah. And he and still got paid, but he did he did he yeah, you're right, he was displeased. But if you have a baby that you helped nurture like Yeah. Uh Ralphie you know, May introduced Ralphie May to the world, and, yeah, you know, and uh, and uh, I I watched it I watched stuff on YouTube recently when it was like when they had the comic house and the, the I mean the idea of it was a pretty good idea overall, and uh, yeah, no, I get that. I, I mean, I didn't like the show just because I think it showed comedy in, in 30 second to one minute chunks, and then you get these people who are out of work actors or failed comics going, oh, all I need on to get on TV is you know two minutes of material, and like and, that know. fan was able to to yeah. get a career out of. He he only had like 20 minutes at the time, and 15 of those were Bobby Lee's. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean that fan. I even he's kind of said it like he wasn't ready to headline yeah. when he got that gig, and yeah, um, 
you know, he was basically doing... I don't think he stole Bobby Lee's jokes, but he was doing recycled versions of them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, of course, he's Asian. Bobby Lee's Asian. They're going to talk about some of the same stuff, but it was like... Bobby Lee's obsessed with that fan. He talks about him on his podcast all the time. I think, uh, you know... it would be good to have him on. I would love to have Bobby Lee on. Or that fan. Yeah, I would. I mean, Ralphie I would have had on the podcast, but he couldn't fit in my apartment. I mean... uh, That's true, huh? uh, No, I'm just kidding. Ralphie... but, but not, no, like he, he didn't, he didn't he have an issue about the stairs or something like L- that? Literally, that's the only reason I didn't ask him. Uh, I was like, there's no way he'll get up the stairs. Uh, and I, I really don't mean that as, uh, you know, one of my fondest memories of Ralphie is one night at the store, I think it was Sammy Shore. Uh, and Sammy was uh, pretty. Uh, not mobile at the time. They had like a benefit for him or hmm. some show where he was at in the main room and he's is he's walking pretty feebly out the uh back door of the OR into the yeah. parking lot. And I guess he was staying at the Andaz Hotel, which is the hotel next door to the store. And Ralphie said, Earl, come on, let's help him because he, he was carrying like some flowers and, yeah. and stuff and like uh which shows you what a great guy Ralphie was. I mean, Ralphie yeah. physically was not in great shape at that time. And we walked to the Andaz and we walked back and I could tell Ralphie was like, uh, it was hard for him. Uh, but that's who Ralphie was. I'm going to help this guy who helped me yeah. walk to this hotel. What a um, good guy. Oh, he was the best. I mean, Ralphie, uh, you know, we never really talked about comedy. We talked about wrestling more. But he would uh, always offer to take me on the road and uh, offer to get me managers and agents to look at me. And uh, He was know. the best. Oh, he was like... I never met know. him. I saw him do stand-up a couple of times. I, I was a big fan. I learned about him, you know, obviously. I think last comic. He was the best. I, I, I listened to him on Jay Moore's podcast, More Stories, and it was really interesting, you know, hearing him, his story. And his Mark Marin is one of my favorites of all time. Oh, I love Marin. But, but Mar- Ralphie on Marin was just so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think most people, like younger kids, remember Ralphie from like Roast Battle, where he, you know he didn't exactly do that well. Yeah, uh, but I, that, I, that, you know, that was a show he never should have. He did. Been he in. did well against uh, Miss Pat, but uh, the the Mike Lawrence one was. Uh, was I mean, they really shouldn't have had him in a bracket with Mike Lawrence. Yeah. But, you know, this, you know, I try not to talk about Roast Battle that much anymore, but like really, they should have had Ralphie in a bracket with his friends. Yeah. So I mean, he probably still would have lost, but uh, you know he. Like if I was doing roast battle, which you know I probably should have been, uh, I would have had Ralphie in a bracket with me, Sarah Tiana and Hinchcliffe, or or uh, yeah. Steve Renazizi, or like any combination of yeah. LA battlers. Who Renazizi was an interesting one because he went up against uh, Sam, Sam Morell, yeah. But they had no chemistry, and yeah. I, you know, like there's not one battle from my. And once again, I don't want to talk about roast battle too much because <laughs> I talked about it, you know. I was the unofficial podcast for a while. Um, yeah, you had a bunch of battlers on that. Didn't... Showcasing these open micers yeah. who nobody fucking knew. And then, uh, you, you know, that's another yeah. story. Uh, but, like, I would have put, uh, you know, in my season, which is the only season I recognize, uh, I would have had an L.A. bracket where we all know each other and we all could have battled. Uh, you know, they did the, that with the New York people. It seemed like they, yeah, they but did three that. seasons later, like, yeah, yeah, you know. And then I would have had an international bracket where you have like Jimmy Carr and Tom Ballard, and and then you have uh, K. The, Trevor Wilson. Yeah, you have a 
a New York bracket where you have Sam Morell and Mark Norman and Christy Cielo and and uh, Joe uh, Joe Mackey, but like uh, Joe List. But I'm talking in my season. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah, uh, so. And, and then you have like a wild card uh, yeah. bracket of you know mutts like Ralphie May, Miss Pat, or uh, you know you have like Miss Pat and um, you know Chris Cubas and, and so like the LA would be like Olivia and Keith and all and all well in it. my season yeah. you know you'd have uh, oh, so. I think there was five people from LA in season one uh, me Olivia Tiana. Hinchcliffe and uh, Mike Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence wasn't in LA at the time. Yeah, you're right. He's new. So, you know, you you would have had to have one LA battler in another bracket, but. uh, But like Renazizi has done a lot of stuff in New York, so you can have him against a New York guy because of the the 9 11 thing. But it just didn't work because they didn't know each other. Yeah. So it just was awkward and and it just didn't work. Listen, I've listened to a lot of what you said and your gripes, and and you had one with Pat Barker on, and he kind of went back and forth with you, and that episode was really good because I saw both sides. I saw saw where Pat was saying where he probably had a a harder... He thought he had a harder card than you did, and, and and you guys went back and forth, and I... Listen, I think both of you had... You have a great resume of who you battled... And you have you have gripes for a certain reason, and and he was saying, well, I wouldn't be worried about that because of this, but to hear two people just be honest with each other about okay, like just kind of like what you talked about before of Barry Katz, you had, you didn't argue, but you had disagreements, and and it was interesting to hear your side and Pat's side, and Pat kind of came up after you in roast battle, and he talked about how he respects you a lot. And oh, I love Pat. Yeah, no, Pat's amazing. And but like, even his battle with the dude from New York. By the way, he did fantastic. That battle yeah. was so fucking bad. Comedy Central said we can't air this. Like, put that into perspective. Yeah. Comedy Central said, uh, "No, this is no good." I messaged Pat that night and I said I couldn't be there. Uh, what happened? He said I kicked his ass so bad, and I don't even think it's going to be on TV now. But like, I could have told him like that. I think he said something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. Sorry, Pat, if you're listening. Well, but I mean, you know. Like, but once again, they knew each other. Pat and Eli knew each other. Yeah. Like, I never got a battle. It still bothers me. Like, I never got a battle on TV that, you know, I didn't know Tom Ballard. You knew Tiana, but that you had, Tiana. you had to get there. You had to... But I had to, like, fight and scratch and claw and get there. You know, Jesse Joyce literally was an employee of Comedy Central. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, put two and two together who they were rooting for. Uh, you know, uh, Tom Ballard, you know, was, like, amazing. You know, he beat Jimmy Carr in the untelevised season. He did. I'm sorry. Jeff Ross's I, Invitational I mean, or something like that? Yeah, the Jeff Ross Roast Masters Invitational. Yeah. Like, Tom beat Jimmy. He, and I love Jimmy. He's amazing. And then I got Jimmy Carr. And then I got Tiana. And, and then, uh, you know, K. K. Trevor, Trevor Wilson. Wilson. yeah. Like, no one's had that. Um, who did you want on season three? If you would have, did you want you on Jeff Ross? But who, who would you have? Well, I wanted Jeff, uh, but, you know, because that, like, you got offered one, didn't you? I got offered a battle with someone that, you know, without saying names, they did not want to battle me. And, uh, you know, and then the Comedy Central executive said, well, uh, we just couldn't find a battle for you. And I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? You, you found a battle for Eli. How'd that work out? I never understood uh, why you couldn't battle Saudi Prince. Well, I wouldn't want to just because yeah. he's not on my level as a battle. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, so, like, you know, if you look at the my... Half my wins of roast battle uh, were on television and against people no one wanted to see me win. Yeah, uh, you know, it, yeah, it, that's just a fact. Like, 
It would have been it would have been interesting if you got your choice who you would have picked. I mean, I would have picked uh you know, if they said season three Earl, you get to pick whoever you want and that's the battle. Um, let me see. I would have picked. I would have picked Mike Lawrence. Said, okay, he's the champ. That and although been... we did battle, and well, Facebook Frank Live, was the champ at the time. So would you have picked Frank? Or I would have picked you... Frank. But I mean, the battle for season three really uh, that should have been booked was Frank against Mike, champion yeah. versus champion. And I had heard through the grapevine, and I don't know if this is true or not, that uh, Mike didn't want to. Um, battle someone who didn't write their own jokes necessarily and it's like well i mean then you're going to be battling yourself because everyone gets help yeah he might well i think pat might be the only one else that doesn't but pat too but even pat gets uh feedback you mike yeah. doesn't yeah mike, mike literally mike is a uh, he's an animal. he's a unicorn when it comes to that he locks sure. himself in the room and he doesn't ask yeah. for advice he because he doesn't really need it um but uh, you know i would have said uh you know, either champ. If they, if they don't want to battle each other, I'll take either champ. Yeah. Um, I, you know. Would you uh, rematch anyone that you've already battled, or was that, is well, that pointless? That, that was one of the battles that was turned down. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think, uh, you know, if you're fans of the show, you can figure out what I'm talking <laughs> about. But, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I, I want to battle the best. So, like, do I, you I, miss battling? I, I, you know, I battled at Clusterfest. Robin uh, Tran year against Robin Tran, and she beat me in overtime. That cunt. And, no, I'm just kidding. I love, love Robin. Robin. Uh, Robin's one of the the, the queens of uh, LA comedy. She's uh, somebody that here. Here's the thing. I never use Twitter. I only use it to to post about being on this podcast. Right. And every time I have done that, I've made new friends, and one of them is Robin. And um, I get comments. Oh, I loved you on Earl's podcast. And, you know, and then I, you know, get whatever fans or whatever that are really, really kind. And Robin's one of those people. And, and every time I have a depression post, most of the time she'll, you know, post like a heart or message me. And she's super kind. So I've, I've met a lot of people through you indirectly. Oh, Robin's the best. And I, that's she's another one. Where uh, I talk about roast battle being such a, uh, like an aggressive form of therapy. You know, roast battle to me reminds me of like in, in the 70s, they had the Schick treatment centers for smoking. And basically what that was is they would lock you in a room if you were trying to quit smoking. And you would just smoke literally 50 to 100 cigarettes. And their whole thing was to get you so sick of cigarettes that you'd never want to touch one again. Um, and that to me is like roast battle where it's such an aggressive form of, you know, you're called fat, you're called a fag, you're called a whore. Uh, we've had the N word used several times, uh, you know, and it's so like, it's a, an aggressive, like shock therapy. Yeah. Like I know, I think Robin's first battle, uh, I said, Hey, bring this girl out. I can't wait to hear this dude. Uh, you know, cause she was transitioning yeah. and, and like. I think she said in a blog that uh, when Earl said that, it made me feel so much safer in the room. Oh, wow. Uh, so uh, That's cool. But I didn't, uh, you know, when we battled, uh, that was a battle I wanted. I said, w when I looked at all the people who were battling, you know, you had Jamar, you had Guy Branham, you had uh, Rosebud Baker, who's awesome, and... Uh, a couple other uh, people. You had two drag queens battling. Mike Lawrence battling that. Mike team, Lawrence yeah. battled Jamar. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I looked at all the people, I said, who would be the toughest battle? 
I said, Robin Tran in San Francisco, which is the gay trans capital of the world. The audience is going to hate me. Yeah. I want that battle. Because uh, I want the toughest. That's how I thrive. Yeah. Uh, when I feel my back. And her jokes were good against you? Oh, yeah. We both had great jokes. But I, I kind of went through the motions in that battle because I wanted to do the festival. So when I got asked to do Roast Battle, I said, the only reason I'm doing Roast Battle is because I want spots in the festival. Um, cause you know, I, I, you know, roast battle, uh, you get, uh, you don't even get 15 minutes of fame. You get like two minutes. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, you know, it, it just, it is what it is. It's a reality show. Right. Uh, that's awesome. And it's helped hundreds of comics. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think there's a, a core group of us that can get, no more fame from roast battle. Like, right. it's just, it, it's, um, you know, I would say. It's run this, its course kind of thing? When, well, it, when, just, it, when it comes to those people's yeah, careers? I would say like Tiana, Mike Lawrence. Pat uh, Barker got a lot, a good amount out of it. But Pat, since he only got on season three, like I think he could probably do it and benefit a, a little bit more from yeah. it. Uh, especially since his battle wasn't shown on TV. Uh, and that's through no fault of his. But I'll tell you this. And I, I could be wrong, but I think a lot of people are looking at the online stuff more. Like, like Pat's got a lot of views, and I know like Comedy Central has a YouTube uh, channel of 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 things that get of sets that get millions of views of unknown comics. So I think with the online, I mean the TV thing is great, and it's TV and online. But it's you know I think I hope that Pat. You know, gets what he wants, um, but I think I think the online views are more than people, you know, might think, right? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I know they just posted a clip today of uh, me, uh, Jeremiah, Moses, and I think Jamar got in there uh, with Dennis Rodman when he stormed the stage. Oh, that's right. Because uh, of the last because the last I dance, they yeah. Were, like trying to like get a little bit of a rub off that i was there when big black was there and uh yeah. that was right Rest before he case. died yeah what a shock that a guy named big black would die of a heart attack <laughs> but uh yeah i mean uh you but you know on i think roast battles run its course you know from the standpoint of like uh, you know like when i did cluster fest i mean i kind of went through the motions i mean i walked out in a dress uh -huh. and, you know, i didn't really think ah you know this crowd's pretty liberal they're not going to really dig that and you know uh you know, I mean, Neil Brennan voted for me, and that was like, okay, I won. Like, when a great joke yeah. says, I liked your jokes better. But, you know... Uh, did Neil say at that one when he said that he didn't know you did sets outside of L.A.? Yeah, was he was that? pretty funny. He's like, Earl, I don't think I've ever seen you do comedy outside of Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it was amazing to be in front of, like, 4,000 people or whatever right. it was. Was I that mean, the one where Shane Gillis was at? And he got, uh, he got like, pic like, whenever the Saturday Night Live thing went down, he had a picture of Clusterfest behind him. Um, yeah, that was the same yeah. Clusterfest. And, uh, and then I got to do Todd Berry's crowd work show. That's right. Um, Todd Berry's great. Yeah, so I mean, I uh, you know I really just did roast battle just to get on that. Um, so uh, you know, I, I mean, it, it, I had fun. I mean, Comedy Central treated me very nicely at Clusterfest. I wish uh, you know I would have gotten the same treatment on roast battle, but uh, <laughs> you know I did not. But uh, well, I'm thankful for for roast battle overall. And, oh, and, so am you I. Know, and I know you are. And you've always you always give it credit. You give Jeff and. Moses and Coach T, nothing but respect and love. And 
Oh, and I give Comedy Central. I mean, they gave us a format that, you know, obviously if it was up to me and Moses and Coach T, we probably wouldn't have gotten on a public access channel. Do you think if it was on Netflix that it, it would be different? I just think that uh, I would have loved to have booked the show, not so I could book my friends in the battles, yeah. but I have such an intimate knowledge of what works on that show that I, and I don't even know who booked the battle, yeah. so this isn't like a veiled shot at whoever the booker was in terms of the matchmaker. But like, I just think I I I know what worked what would have worked better. Well, you have always said on this podcast you always wanted to be you want to be a casting director for some of these movies that are coming out. Like, yeah, I remember like Terminator. You guys, yeah. you and Chan- like so you 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 know, and you you had a great. I thought um, your Tiger King uh, picks were pretty good. Of, yeah. Of if cat so. In a way, a booker is like a casting director, and and you would be good because you you've been in the trenches, you know. Oh yeah, like you, you know. Uh, As a hater, and a judge, I've done it and, all, and and you know a performer or a battler. I, nobody else has really done that consistently as you. I guess Saudi Prince has done some battles. And but he did make no mistake, he wouldn't be at that table unless the daddy man quit. <laughs> I remember that. How many I... people leave a show and it's prime? <laughs> Me, uh, but I mean, like, and you know, people who don't follow Roast Battle are like, What the fuck is this guy babbling about? Uh, but like, Roast Battle, the best roast battles are the ones where the people know each other. Like, yeah. the Joe List battle was great because it was his wife, and it him, took yeah. him three fucking seasons yeah. to figure that out. Like, I told them. Tony and Mike was a good one, too. Tony and Mike was okay. I mean, uh, you know, once again, it's not the battle I would have made. Yeah. You know, I would have said, listen, Mike, you're battling Frank. It's like, it's just, it's... Battle of the champs. You know, it's pro wrestling. It's, it's like, yeah. season. who's better? Season one versus season two. I mean, it just, yeah, that's the battle. Makes sense. Um, Earl, you're battling this person, but we're having a hard time with this battle. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it. it's, the battles are, you know, if you look at the battles of the people who didn't really know each other, like, uh, they just weren't good. I'm sorry. Right. They just weren't. And, you know. Who would you have put against Jeff Ross if, not, if not Blake Griffin? You. Me. Okay. Because it's the perfect storyline of here's the bitter guy who left the show. He wants a shot at the big guy. And, and you know. You uh, offered to put money up, didn't oh, you? Oh, I offered 50 grand of my own money. But, uh, you know, but that, like, there's a reason why my episode was the most downloaded in two days. Like, because, uh, you know, people, you know, listen, there's people who don't think I'd be Jimmy Carr. That's fine. But those people are going to tune in to watch me lose. And then the people who want to see me win are going to tune in. So I'm like the perfect battler yeah. to book. Like people hate me or love me. That's what you want, though. Yeah. Uh, like the Sklar Brothers battle, I, I know you said you liked it. I didn't like it. Cause it just it was like they rehearsed it. And I think they did. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they had extra jokes. I mean, listen. But um, I think it's not good. Roast battle is not good when you rehearse it. Yeah. Like if you and me battle, it, obviously we're not. But and I said, okay, Casey, I'm going to say this about you. Uh, and then You're going to say this. And yeah. Then I'm going to say, well, okay, Earl, I'm going to make fun of you dating young girls. I'm going to say, well, Casey, I'm going to make fun of your depression. Right. And, and, and it's just. It, it, I wouldn't want to know what's coming. I think that's what I loved about right. roast battle is I battled two times. I'm one on one. The Verzi triplets, I won. And then Brian McDaniel, I lost. And uh, I had fun both times. And it was nerve wracking. And. Um, it's a different type of uh, art form, and it's a different type of muscle that you're using. And I, and I, I got I was getting better at stand up at that time. I think definitely the time of Brian, and I was going on stage more, so I felt more comfortable. But 
I my jokes weren't as good as his, and he was a he is a better performer and, and stuff. And but I had fun. That's all that matters. I had fun, and and I had another battle I was gonna do, um, but I got in a car accident that day and I couldn't do it. It was against Eric Abenante, who's a well, yeah, he's, he, he he's but he a, he was fun like roast yeah. battler to watch. He I stopped mean, doing it. I think. Well, he always would go for the racial stuff. I'm yeah. like, dude, like yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get fucking killed one day. But like me and Keith Carey had a great battle, because, but it, that's like the the perfect example of a battle of two guys who know each other, uh, and uh, you know, you know, we went back and forth, and and like, you know, some of the battles, like I, I think the mistake ultimately, and then we got to wrap it up, yeah, because I have to watch Holy Moly, and you got to uh, get on your elliptical, yeah, uh, is I think Comedy Central used the show to showcase Comedy Central comics, right. Which, in theory, I get, but if they're not good at roast battle, or it's not their style of humor, it hurts the comic because they're not going to be shown in a good light, and it hurts the show. Like yeah. I never understood why they thought we got to get celebrities to do this. You don't, in my opinion. I think Pat's. I remember what Pat said about this, and he said. If you get a Blake Griffin or you get a Dolph Ziggler, you bring their fans over to the show. And I get that. I do get that. Oh, I that. do. Uh, I think if you would have had Dolph go against Blake, where you had wrestling right. versus basketball, that That's makes fun. more sense. You but gotta, when you have Sarah and Jeff, who are roast people, um, they, those battles shouldn't have been as close as they were. Obviously, right. the other two had riders. But um, that's the problem, though. And you just nailed it perfectly. Like, uh, you know, when you have a celebrity going up against either Jeff or Sarah or, or whoever, uh, the best you hope going into that battle is, well, I hope Blake gets in a good one. Yeah. One good one. Just make it close. And he had a great, he had a, a couple of great ones, but he had the one about... Uh, that's the problem. Yeah. He, a, he didn't have yeah. one good one. <laughs> yeah. He had two or three good ones. Yeah, at so least. So then you diminish Jeff's... Oh. Like just the roast master, he's the king of roast. You know, and same thing with Tiana. Like Tiana, I think is the best. It's kind of like Buster Douglas. But yeah, like you go. Okay, well, I hope Buster just wins a round. Yeah. And then he wins two, and then three, and then he gets right. up from a Tyson knockout, which no one had ever done before. So then you hurt, you know, Sarah and Jeff's, uh, you know, uh, stature in the roasting community when. You take two people and Blake and Dolph who'd never roast battle before, and they both did well. And they both did well, so it's like that hurts yeah. the show. Yeah, I, I think I think the next, uh, you know, well, I, I know it's, it's I know well, they, well, I'm saying the next, whatever uh, of I think if they had celebrities roasting celebrities, it makes sense. But I don't, I get what you're saying too. Um, but even like the take getting away from roast battle, like I think the roast, like a. Uh, uh, Whoever is going to be the next, and there might not even be a roast. Yeah, I don't knows? know how you can do a Zoom roast. Uh, you know, like the Alec Baldwin roast. Uh, there were some funny ones, and I thought there were some people who struggled. Like, yeah. I think those roasts would be so much funnier if you took, if you had a dais. Uh, and of course, I'm being self-serving because yeah. I'm going to be on it. If you had a dais of me, Sarah Tiana, Mike Lawrence, Hinchcliffe, um, you know, a, a Pat Barker, uh, you know, unknowns for the most part. Yeah. Uh, the jokes would be beyond good. 
versus having these celebrities who all have these writers. I thought the Caitlyn Jenner one was very PSA. She was okay. It was well, it it, it you know it, it was good until she started making it about like a PSA and and making the roast about Alec Baldwin kind of about her, and I just thought. It just didn't work, and like it uh, was an interesting cast. Uh, but uh, I I went to the Rob Lowe roast and the Roseanne roast, and those were those were fun to go to. Uh, oh yeah, the Rob Lowe roast where Jimmy Carr was on the dais. That's right. Jimmy Carr, uh, the guy I beat, who got his own show. And that was the Ann Coulter year. That yeah, yeah, it. that was when me and Mike Lawrence uh, roasted on Facebook Live. Oh uh, okay, yeah. Uh, but you know, I just think there's such a thing with most networks if we need celebrities yeah and i just unless you're get, like i could understand if you're getting michael jordan versus lebron in roast battle hey earl we had you booked to battle uh connor but we got michael jordan lebron sorry i get that yeah even though that would be probably a horrible battle uh you know but you're you're getting these celebrities like blake griffin is great but unless you really follow basketball you don't know who he is right like as crazy as that sounds uh, and Dolph Ziggler, same thing. And I'm friends with Dolph. Like, we're not, like, best friends. But, like, uh, you know, unless you follow pro wrestling, you don't know who he is. Yeah. So you're, they're not going to bring in that many extra numbers. I get that. I mean, roast battle is a niche. Roast battle is like hockey, which is my favorite sport. Or UFC in the early days. You get a niche audience. They don't care necessarily who's battling. Yeah. They just want to watch it. So if you had a Doug Fager on over uh, Blake Griffin, I, I just think it'd be, it's better for uh, the Doug show. Doug is probably the most underrated battler that never got a chance on the TV show, in my opinion. And that's I'm a very loyal person. Like It yeah. makes me angry that Doug never got on the TV yeah, show. He was incredible. Well, but like he could have benefited so much from yeah. one TV yeah. uh, credit. Hey, Doug Fager from Comedy Central's right. Roast Battle instead of you know Todd Barry doesn't need to do Roast Battle. Yeah, uh, you know Blake didn't. Uh, you know, I just I, it's just not how I would have done the I show. I get that. But well, look at Yo Mama. Yo Mama lasted eight seasons. They didn't yeah. use one fucking celebrity. Yeah, that's a good point. It was just two, pe- two like George Perez. Yeah. Uh, it was just people who are good. George at- Perez is great. Oh, he's great. He should have got on Rose yeah. Ball. I mean, I know Tiana beat he him. Got, yeah. Casey, where can people find you uh, on the worldwide internet? Uh, Casey Moran on Facebook um, and then Casey Moran 11 on Instagram and I think Casey Moran 1 on Twitter. Um, are you on TikTok? I'm on TikTok. Me too. Uh, I was doing these stupid quarantine Casey videos where I just like food review things around the house and I rate them from, uh, you know, zero to 10. I do like, you know, 8.2 and I explain why and I'm just silly on them for sure. Um, what are you on TikTok? Just Casey Moran. Okay. Yeah. Um, I believe Casey, Casey Moran or Casey Moran one. I, you know, it's, it's there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's it it. I don't have a lot of followers on that, but uh, I'm having fun doing it. So Earl, thanks for having me, man. That was a lot of fun. Dude, thank you. I always love talking about like depression because it's a fascinating. I actually really do because yeah, it's, uh, it's very prevalent in the stand-up world, and uh, of course I know we're gonna talk sports and. You know, I mean, we, you know, roast battles, uh, you know, I try so hard to not talk about I it I think anymore. every time we've tried to not talk about it, it comes back at some point. Well, it's such a uh, important show in the history of Los Angeles comedy. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, just it's Brian Moses has helped literally probably hundreds of comics. One of the best people I've met in comedy for sure. And Brian, oh, yeah. I mean, Brian yeah. put me on uh, the roast battle pre-show. So I got to do that like five times. Um, 
and to to be a young you know not young in age but young comic in terms of how long i've been doing it for to get in front of that roast battle crowd and get some laughs that that was a huge deal for me and he did he did it just just because he is you know who he is and he absolutely and he, and he had no reason to be nice to me but he always was and and then he yeah he helped so many people so oh, i mean hundreds and and jeff ross forgetting it on comedy central and I mean, that doesn't happen unless Jeff gets involved. And, yeah. You know, Coach Central. T. Coach T is the quickest guy in the show. And, uh, you know, all the battlers from the early days, I think, should deserve the most credit because, uh, you know, I mean, it's amazing that Roast Battle has spawned three seasons, a spinoff show in the UK, something in Canada now, yeah. Mexico, I think South uh, America, South Africa, South Africa or South America. There's a like a, a, a direct spinoff show. Uh so it's uh, hopefully it comes back in terms of the local show. I, yeah. I don't know how that's going to work, but uh, I hope they have that too. I mean, it's. Important. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know what rooms are going to be open uh, at the comedy store, but are uh, the wave going to have to be six feet apart when they do their stuff? That'd be tough. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, like it's such an unknown thing right now in terms of. Uh, you know, I was thinking uh, when they bring hockey back, how can the twenty players sit next to each other on the bench? I never even thought like, of that. How's that going to work? Yeah, uh, NFL. You have fifty-three players. You probably have another twenty coaches, probably another twenty training staff. So you have yeah. probably a hundred people on each sideline with no no fans in the stands. But even even if you have an empty stadium, where are a hundred people going to? Like six feet sta- distance. If yeah. you have a hundred people six feet apart, you're going to have the fucking training staff in the tunnel. Yeah, uh, that's true. And uh, the hockey, like you know, hockey's uh, it's, there's five players on the ice, six with the goalie, so you've got thirteen players on a bench. If you have six feet apart distance, you're going to have uh, Kings sitting on the Canucks bench. Yeah, uh, that's a good. Yeah, so good it's, it's really, I think, when sports gets back, it'll be uh, a fascinating. Uh, you know how it's done you know like i like the ufc cards i've I've watched three with no crowd i actually liked it yeah. you hear the you hear the punches you you hear the corner men giving instructions yeah. but uh, yeah daniel cormier uh helped greg hardy out by by yeah. saying you know, to adjust the guy who beats up women greg hardy yeah. he'll probably be on roast battle at some point uh, <laughs> oh jeez I know. I'm just Mike, Mike Tyson might be boxing again. That'd be great. Him to and see. Holy, I think, th- but I don't want to see him fight Holyfield. No, I want to see someone new. I don't think Holyfield. I want to see wanna. him fight Buster Douglas. Oh, that would be cool. Is Buster still fighting? Uh, probably not. I think he has like diabetes or something. Yeah. All right. All right, Casey. I Thank love you. Thank you so much. Love you too, man. Uh, this is inappropriate. Earl. We're on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Leave a review. Uh, nothing too over the top. I mean, one guy said this is the best podcast of all time. I mean, let's like be realistic, uh, please. I mean, a, a wacky review like that hurts more than it helps. Just you know, just try and be like, you know, mellow. Hey, it's a good podcast. I like his guest. Five stars, uh, hopefully, and all that stuff. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week. We have some uh, potential guests. And uh, Patton Oswalt has said he will come on. So uh, that's something to look forward to. But I'm assuming until the pandemic's over, we can't do that one. So I love you all. Inappropriate Earl will be back for more.